Social Strategy Podcast, Episode 61. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross, host of the Social Strategy Podcast. You know what, I had a blast recording this episode. So what's going to happen here is you guys are going to hear some audio and it's going to be right before we actually did the intro. And the intro was just kind of thrown in there because we were already kind of having so much fun in the conversation. I just wanted to get it started. So I'm not really going to do a long pre-intro into it. I want you guys to hear a part of this audio because I think it's really interesting how paths cross and how it may take years for you to actually connect with someone, but it's really interesting. I'm going to go ahead right into it and I will see you guys on the back end. And I got a lot of exciting stuff happening at the end of the podcast. All right. See you soon. And here's that audio or Sean Malarkey. One of the, oh, Sean. Yeah. It was one yeah. of those guys. I've been following Sean for a while since he teamed up with Lewis Yeah, on okay. their stuff. It was probably there. And for whatever reason, it took me until uh, last week to... <laughs> No, but switch it, over to the podcast player. It's interesting though these, that you say that because it's almost like two different worlds. Like I was more, my background is more not background. I guess more my focus before was in the video video side of things. And Sean and I actually launched a software together. This simple video press, right? That was two years ago, and um, and then a year later, I kind of decided to do simple podcast press and kind of try to run with that myself just to kind of go through that experience and learn about the marketing side and, the, you know, interacting with the customer side. And so it's funny that you say that we kind of met, you know, through Sean and James, because that was kind of my, my first presence online was more on the video side of things. So right. It's very, very interesting how the worlds collide. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I saw podcasts, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy looks familiar. And as I started doing research, I'm like, ah, that's it. Yeah. It was it was through Sean, through Simple Video Press. I don't know if I bought it. I looked back. I was like, no, I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It was a it's funny. It's a idea. It's an itch I had. I wanted to solve my own problem, and then I happened to be helping Sean. It's so funny because I was helping Sean launch his podcast. That's oh, how I met Sean. Yeah, and I edited his audios for him, and he had a video version and audio version. So I was, I like, I edited the first maybe two or three videos for him for his podcast, and I made them to audios, and I you know, got them on his site and stuff like that. And that's how I learned about podcasting. I'm like, I didn't know what podcasting really. I didn't understand the system until through Sean. And then one day I was like, let me show you something, by the way. Check out the <laughs> software I made. And he's like, whoa, this is cool. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's market this. I have the audience for it. And that's how we kind of partnered up together. So it's so funny, the podcasting and the video world and software, it just kind of, it all tied itself together nicely. Okay, so now here comes the episode. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the podcast. We kind of just dove right into the conversation, but I did not want you guys to miss a couple details about my next guest, Hani Mora. You know, when you start talking about software as a service, and that's become a popular term over the past five years, is SaaS, and everyone's coming out with their software as a service. Hani is actually a trained software architect. He designs software that solves problems. And for the most part, the two pieces of software that he's most known for were solving two of the problems that he had. So this is a really interesting way that simple podcast press came to be and simple video player 
I'm really excited to have Hani on the show. Not only do we have a lot in common because we're both dads of two girls, we're both podcasters. Well, he's actually launching a podcast coming up here soon mm-hmm. and just a lot of stuff in common in this world. Man, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Vernon. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. So we were talking about how you came to know about podcasting, which was only really about a year ago, right? That's probably close to two years ago now. Mm-hmm. I got involved in the podcasting. I will kind of retell that story because I'm not sure if it's going to make it in the audio or not. But basically, I'm... I was going to make it. <laughs> All right. Well, I know. we'll do a little recap. So I got into podcasting almost, I want to say, by accident. <laughs> I don't have my podcast yet, but I got involved in helping people launch their podcast back from my video days. Back in 2009, I launched a blog, and my passion was video. I'm a software guy, but I've always loved video. Like, even my family, all my friends, are like, you like to edit all the family videos. You know, you love video. Do something with video. I'm like, all right. So a good friend of mine convinced me to start a blog, and I started blogging about video tips and how to make video simple and, you know, get your content out there with video. Forget about the fancy stuff. Anyway, long story short, I was doing video for a while, and then you know I didn't know how to monetize my blog. And then one day, I don't know, I was just sitting there, and it just clicked. I said, you know, you're a software guy. You love video. Why don't you make a video software? I don't know. It was too obvious, and just that light bulb just went out that day. And I was like, wow, that's what I got to do. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to do a software that helps people with their video. So I kind of came up with this idea for Simple Video Press, which was kind of a frustration I had because I was doing a video blog. And every time I spend, you know, you can check on time making the video, editing the video, putting on YouTube, putting all the keyword research, all the effort and energy. And then I would forget the last step and the most important step in my eyes, which is taking that video and putting it on your website. <laughs> and it's simple, you know, relatively simple. It takes a few minutes. You got to go copy and paste the embed code from YouTube and the title and the description and get the blog post created. I'm like, why am I doing this? It felt like I was doing it twice because, you know, I'd write a good description in YouTube, put a title, put the keywords, and I got to go and do it again on WordPress. I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. And that's kind of how Simple Video Press was born because I wanted to create an automation tool that would take all my videos off of YouTube. As soon as I published them, within the hour, it would kind of get pulled in and published on my site automatically so I didn't have to worry about it. And that's how it kind of came to life and then we created from there. <laughs> that's really interesting. So, you know, I know we're not here to talk about Simple Video Press, but I think it's interesting because the way that when I was looking at Simple Podcast Press and the way the interview came about, guys, is I was looking at Simple Podcast Press and I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't had him on the show. I need to reach out to him anyway. And so... <laughs> I was like, let me go ahead and pick this thing up. But I had a couple questions. I don't even remember what they were. I asked a couple questions. He immediately responded to me on Facebook because we're Facebook friends and through different podcast groups and few instant messages back and forth. I think a couple days later, I ended up buying it and sent him the official, hey, come to the show email. And, you know, what's funny about that is that when I was looking at the player and I like tinkering around with software. I'm not really a software engineer. It goes out and it automatically pulls in no matter what podcast player you're currently using, or I know at least it works with the Blueberry plugin with PowerPress. It automatically has the player and I didn't have to do anything. I'd have to go back through the site and go through all my posts and now add another short code because that was really one of the things that I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to upgrade to another player because I really don't have the time to go back and edit, you know, 60 posts about different folks just to get a new player there. And I'm not sure if it's worth it. So I think that's interesting that your video player actually goes through pools of videos 
from YouTube and then automatically publishes them in a post. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Actually, Simple Podcast Press does that for some people too. What I mean by that, depending on your setup, like mm-hmm. it sounds like you've got the Blueberry, you host your own feed mm-hmm. through your site. I do. Which is awesome. Yeah. And I made sure this Podcast Press works seamlessly with the Blueberry plugin. So like you said, you don't have to update your 100 or so or whatever 50 episodes you have. Automatically, they're all instantly updated to the new player. So it's you know very seamless transition. But also for people who don't host on their site, like people who use Libsyn or Spreaker or SoundCloud or Podbean, any of those services that they host their audio and they use the service for the feed, mm-hmm. they don't have to go back to WordPress, make a page, and embed the player on it. It's like simple video press. It's fully automated. So as soon as they publish on Libsyn, for example, within the hour, they'll have a new page on their site, title, description, the player, everything's done. If you wanted to, you can go straight to being published. (laughs) Wow. So people love that. It's an automation tool for people who are not managing their own feed on their site. So it works both ways. And I thought that was very important. And I learned that through communication with customers or potential customers. So I listened a lot about feedback when I was creating the software. And I think that's very important. Whenever you're creating something, software, course, whatever it is you're creating, it's very important to listen. You think you have the answer or you might be solving a problem in one way, in one direction, but you keep your ears open, listen, and you'll start getting feedback. And it's okay to steer a little bit to adjust. So that's what I did with Simple Podcast Press. Really? So that's interesting. When you talk about listening, did you actually create surveys or was this one-on-one interaction type? That's a great question. I did surveys. So I had an email list saying, you know, coming soon, this automation software. Because really Simple Podcast Press to start with was meant to be for people who are hosting outside of their own WordPress site. The people who use Libsyn, Spreaker, it's meant to pull in all the episodes. That was kind of my main focus of it. So when I started kind of running some ads and collecting emails for beta testers. I had a survey as soon as you opted in for my email list. It was a survey that came up. Can I ask you your biggest frustrations with podcasting? What tools, sorry, what would you like automated? But more importantly, I mean, I got some feedback there. I got great feedback. But more importantly, I think it was the beta group. I can't remember how I started talking. You got to be careful, right? I wasn't trying to go out and go into Facebook groups and promote my new software. Right. But I had a private Facebook group. We had 20 people in the group um, talking to those people and So we got some feedback there saying, hey, I'm using PowerPress already. My post is already on my site. I don't need you to pull it in again. It's already on my site. Then I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's a good point. So I kind of respun it in a way. I said, okay, you're a PowerPress user. We got to make sure it's fully seamless. So we'll go ahead and if you wanted to, we'll update your player so that all your players on all your sites are consistent. So that was kind of just based on customer feedback. I learned, you know what? Actually, I learned a lot of people use PowerPress and not host to to kind of manage their own feed and i was like whoa that was a bit of an eye-opener because to me my main selling point was the automation like pulling it off different sites but it it turned out that hey you know a lot of people have it on their site already so i still made sure there was still value to them and of course the player looks good it's got an email opt-in it's got subscribe button so there's still value in the player but the more value for powerpress people automated it doesn't change your workflow and it kind of updates all your back posts from the beginning of time if you wanted to. So it's very convenient. Yeah, that's what I found attractive about it is I didn't want to go through that work. And I also like the fact that there are several things on it I can customize. So when I'm ready to do the other stuff, I can. Mm-hmm. And that I can change it with my site. And it's easy for me to change the look and feel of it with my site. Because I've seen it a few places and it looks different depending on the site. 
I mean, you can change button colors and all that good stuff. And it's easy to do. So I really did like it. Let me ask you this. Let's go back a little bit further before you did this. How did you get involved with Sean Malarkey and how did you end up basically in business with him from just doing videos on your video blog? This is a funny story and this is a 100% true story. Like I knew of Sean. I knew Sean. I knew he was partnering with Lewis. I knew you know, he was involved in video. He was kind of the owner of Video Traffic Academy, or James Wedmore. Yeah. And I was a big video guy. So I was friends with James kind of, you know, in that space. And I've interviewed him on my video blog before. You know, I was always promoting their stuff. They had good quality stuff. Anyway, one day I was sitting in a meeting. This is for my day job. And I'm a software manager for my day job. And I was sitting there bored. Like I was like really bored. <laughs> there was a meeting. I was talking about, I don't know, something. Know that feeling. Marketing something. I don't know. It was, at that time, it wasn't very interesting. So I had my phone out. And I'm like on my phone. Whatever, checking Facebook. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Sean posts something in one of the groups that I'm in. And he said, oh, I need help editing a video. I'm willing to pay, whatever. You know, I appreciate the help. So one hour video. And literally, it's almost like fate. Like as soon as I opened my Facebook, that message came in. I said, just posted now. And I replied right away. I said, hey, I'll do it. No worries. I'll help you out. I was the first person to respond. Nice. And then there was like 30 more people that responded. I'll do it. I'll help you out. No worries. Right, right. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I got somebody. Cool. So we, and then we started messaging each other. And literally, that's how our relationship started. So wow. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, yeah. send the right message, and then got to know him over the six months because he was releasing his podcast, uh, The Money Pillow. So I helped him edit the video and you know convert it to audio, uh, do a little intro for him, and then helped him get set up in a more automated way with a virtual assistant to kind of automate the process. And yeah, so I helped him with that aspect of it. And then a few months later, we were just having a chat about his podcast and I said, listen, I want to show you something. We're on a Skype call together. Let me show you something. And then I showed him what I was working on on Simple Video Press. And he's like, whoa, this is cool. What is this? And I said, you know, it's an automation tool for YouTube. He was going to do this. Can I have an opt-in box to collect emails? Can I do this? He started listing off all these things. I'm like, <laughs> no, right. but it can. It can. So I was taking notes and he's like, no, let's have another call in a few weeks and we'll like strictly talk about Simple Video Press and I have the right audience to sell it. So kind of that's how it started. That's how Simple Video Press started. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Just man. literally that Facebook message at the right time. Like, yeah. like, otherwise, you know, he wouldn't have known or heard of me. Right. You or, could still be sitting sitting in marketing, be, boring marketing meetings. <laughs> yeah. And it was like that was like the little spark, but then it was kind of like a chain ball reaction, like the fact that like Simple Video Press or whatever you're launching, like the like, kind of lesson learned from looking back in a couple of years, if you're launching something, and I had maybe a thousand people on my email list for, for my video blog. It wasn't huge. It's probably considered small, a small email list. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I launched that list alone, it's not going to get traction very quickly. Right? It's going to be a small number of users. So the process of having access to a bigger and targeted audience through Sean Together, we started a Facebook group, a beta group for 20 people. Like He would post in his groups, hey, I need a beta testers for a new software. Within seconds, like 25 people, 30 people replied. <laughs> like He had that kind of connection with his audience. And people right. loved him. And you know, he's a great guy. And so through him, I learned, not through him directly, but just interacting with him. You know, we had access to a good audience. And that process of getting it from beta to launch and on launch day, you know, we sold out 100 copies. We opened it for 100 copies only because we were the first software. I wanted to make sure we had a support team in place and, you know, no glitches, especially in WordPress. 
Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. You know, WordPress, everyone's got a different hosting, a different version right. of WordPress, different plugin. Anyway, long story short, we learned a lot from that experience. And within, I think, 24 hours, we sold out to 100 very wow. quickly. And then, you know, we fixed the bugs. I don't think we had a support person at that time that we realized we needed to add a support person. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we opened it up a few months later for another 100. So that experience was a good learning experience for me because that's like my first real software that I'm creating and selling it on my own. And the amazing part is it's like it gave me the confidence. Like, I don't know if I'm explaining it right. If you like, don't my goal, my point of this whole thing was don't be shy to partner with somebody, to share revenue with somebody just to get that experience, right? It's, it's joint ventures are a great opportunity to learn. And you learn through partnering with somebody with the right audience or the right skill set. So you can go to market faster, whether it's software, whether it's an information product, whatever it is. Joint ventures are always a great idea, especially if you're starting. No, I think that's a wonderful story. And what you touch on quite a bit, and it's something that a lot of people miss, is that, number one, success rewards the quick. You were quick to respond. You saw the message. You didn't like, well, I wonder, I wonder what it is that he wants me to do. I wonder what kind of video it is. I wonder how long it is. I don't know if I really want to do that. Even though, I mean, you said it was like an hour-long video. It's like, eh, I don't know. Well, I wonder if he wants this. And you didn't get into a lot of self-discussion, delaying yourself about what it was that you were going to either help him or you weren't. So you responded quickly to it. You didn't really think about, oh, well, this is a great opportunity to work with this guy. But I'm sure mm-hmm. that came across your mind, but it wasn't like your main focus on how could you win. You immediately went for, yeah, I'll do that for you. I can help you out. Yeah. And it was more of you brought value to the relationship. You provided something that he needed, and you did a good job at it. And from there, you were able to build a relationship. And then you didn't say, oh, hey, I want you to JV with me. You showed it to him. He loved it. You guys worked on it, and that way he slowly introduced it to his audience, proved out that it was going to be good, that it was valid. And it all came about basically because you built a relationship by offering a massive amount of value with something that you knew how to do and something that you're really, really good at. So you just used your passion for developing software to create a valuable relationship that pretty much changed the direction of your business. That's amazing. You nailed it. You summarized it perfectly. That's exactly what happened. And I told him, I don't do this for money. Like, I don't do the editing for people. Like, I don't charge people. So he said, how much do you want? I said, I'm going to edit it for free. That's not my business, right? I'm here just to help you out. You know, I didn't even charge him any money. And because that wasn't my intention. I just wanted to help him out. Right. Right. And you're right. You nailed it exactly. It was just by giving, you open up doors. Yeah. Like Just giving people, helping people in your community and your Facebook community, your customers, your followers, whatever it is, just just make that your number one priority. You know, things will happen your way. Yeah, I think people, they get wrapped up in this whole scarcity mentality that, well, if I give them away the thing that I'm best at, they're not going to want to buy it from me. And (laughs) that's just, (laughs) that's not true. You'll find opportunities or, you know, of course, the popular thing now is, oh, well, just, you know, JV to get traffic out and create a massive amount of traffic to your website by finding big JV partners. And it's like, well, yes, but there's a way to do it. (laughs) You know, if you're not just trying to blow through an email list and create, you know, a bunch of angst between your potential customers just by trying to sell, sell, sell. There's that side of it too. But I think you did it the right way by building a really good relationship first 
and then being able to introduce something to an audience. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. You know, we're still good friends. We still stay in touch. You know, Simple Podcast Press kind of evolved from Simple Video Press in a sense that, you know, I was, I got, actually through him, I got introduced to a few other podcasters launching their podcasts. So I helped them as well in terms of editing and getting their systems in place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned a lot about the process. I learned about feedback. The player and the automation was kind of a weak area in the podcasting space, a weaker area. PowerPress was kind of the default player. It's a nice player. It's there. It does its job. But having players that have more advanced functionality that wasn't there. Yeah. And then the automation, like video press for people who host outside, having that save them that extra step of getting the podcast onto their website automatically. Those two kind of became my focus for simple podcast press. And I learned that through Sean. You know, he introduced me to a few other podcasters just launching and I got all this feedback from them. So it all it was all connected. And, you know, it's almost like it was planned. Right. <laughs> right <laughs> I, but right. I didn't plan it. I was just following the path. <laughs> that's <laughs> so how you do it, man. That's funny that's, how it that's really that's really cool. So let me ask you this. What do you think podcasters do as far as. Since we're kind of talking about podcasts, what do you think they do as far as the biggest mistakes that they make when they're launching in their workflow? Biggest mistakes? Hmm. I would say if you're a new podcaster, like you haven't launched your podcast, delaying the launch of your podcast because you don't have everything perfect. You don't have the the right guest or the right content. That's kind of one mistake. You hold yourself back Mm -hmm. by, you know, delaying your launch. What else can I think of? Focusing more on like, the external things like you know audio quality is of course very important because people are listening but putting more focus on other things besides your content your content what you're saying or how you're interviewing a person that's the most important part your content is the most important part right and, now and a lot of people kind of put that as second priority almost they yeah. rush through the content and you worry about the intro and the outro and the logo and yeah, all yeah. oh stuff. yeah i've been there and it's very similar <laughs> to i guess the software development cycle how do you not let scope creep happen when you're doing something like the podcast player how do you prevent it you get in feature hail (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah like i'm kind of in it right now i'm almost like phase two of it where after podcast movement a few weeks ago got a lot of feedback from just had the opportunity to meet with a lot of customers and just talking about it and i was like wow i got so many ideas so excited and the problem it's me right i get excited I'm like, oh, I want to do this and this and this and this. I'm like, wait a second. Let's organize. <laughs> let's plan. Let's phase it out. But you brought up a good point, though. In the beginning, I'm kind of like, I was very picky about the user interface, the user experience, about how you set up the plugin. Because I called it simple podcast press. It had to be simple to get started. Right. So I paid a lot of attention to that. But at the same time, I had to kind of remind myself, like, you got to build people in the software space called MVP, you know, minimum viable product, like build the bare bones then test it, get beta testers, get feedback, and then grow and build. Like, don't build this beautiful thing and it's going to take you a year to build. Get it out as quickly as you can. And, you know, I did Simple Podcast Press, I think, four months. Compared to Simple Podcast Press took four months. Simple Video Press took, I think, three extra months on top of that. Which is really not bad, to be honest. It's still not bad, (laughs) yeah. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. And you're the only one that developed it, which I think is also interesting because it was not your full-time thing. Now, is it your full-time thing now? Do you still have anything else that you do in your software development business is like your side thing? Yeah, it's still my side thing. I'm still working on transitioning. Like I'm trying to grow it to the point where I can transition. I am a software manager for the day job and I cut back to four days a week so Mm -hmm. I can have a little more time to focus on this. But I don't actually do all the development. 
okay. uh, for both plugins. I, have, I I learned early on, like build I know my skill sets. <laughs> yeah, I build a team, but you know your skills. Like I'm a good, almost I call myself an architect. Like I like to, I know the building blocks. I know where I want to take it. I know how this piece will talk to this piece conceptually, but to sit down and code the details would take me forever. And I knew that. So I made sure to hire someone to help me with those details, but I basically mapped out. I remember sitting on my parents' couch, especially with Simple Podcast Press. And you know how it is. You remember how it is when you had kids and they're three years old and six years old. They're running around. They're just full of energy, right? So at my parents' house, I remember they're in the backyard. I'm like, I told myself, you have an hour, maybe max. (laughs) Sit down on the couch, put yourself in the room. Whatever you got to do, just get this done and get this started. And so I did. I sat on the couch. I remember hearing the kids playing in the backyard with my parents and Bam, I just like basically mapped out the core functions, like the basic functions of Simple Podcast Press. And once you had it on paper, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Like then you get excited, right? Because you have an idea in your head and you see it on paper. You're like, okay, it's starting, right? I've done this with Simple Video Press the same way. So I knew it was coming. So it got me really excited and motivated to get it developed. Now, did you use that same process for developing the content on your blog when you were doing your video blog? No, I wasn't as disciplined back then. It was back in 2009 when I started my blog. Mm-hmm. I so again, another funny story. My daughter was just born about six months. I remember like launching the blog and like had my daughter in my hand sleeping, our first daughter. <laughs> and the laptop, I'm out of laugh and I'm like, you know, writing a blog post. And I was like, what am I doing? And that's, I wanted to do it. And that's how I got it. Not the video part, obviously, but right. the content and setting up the site. But I wasn't as disciplined in a sense that I was just, when I get inspired or I get an idea or I get feedback, get comments about something and then I'll make a video about it and then publish it. So I didn't have that structure to kind of sit down and plan out things. But with the software, Simple Video Press, I mean, I had a basic idea, but Simple Podcast Press, I remember like sitting down in like an hour and I knew exactly what I wanted it to do. I mean, I added a lot more features after, but I knew what the core software had to do. It had to be a good player, to have the buttons, email opt-in, had to be fully automated so that you can pull data from your feed onto your site. So I knew that those pieces and I knew how to read, you know, APIs and like technical documentation to RSS feeds and that kind of stuff. So I knew it was all possible. That's why I got excited. It wasn't like, I wanted to do this. I wonder if that's even possible. Right. I had that little bit of advantage. So I researched a bit into each piece to make sure it was technically possible. And then when I knew each piece was possible, I was like, wow, it's happening. It's already happening just by putting it on paper. Yeah. When you talk to people and you coach people, and I know you do quite a bit of actual coaching, I think the problem that so many people run into is they have all these ideas, but they won't sit down to put them actually on paper and to map out what their business structure is going to be. Just like you're structuring the programs like, okay, this is going to do this and talk to this piece. So I'm going to make a line from here to there. This talks to that and I'm going to make a box and it's that name. And now I'm going to do this. And then if the person hits this button, this happens, then this happens. And it talks to this piece and you mind map it out. But it's so hard to get people to sit down and say, okay, you want to write a book. And I've had this challenge. And so I'm not just like preaching from the pedestal. I'm looking at myself while I'm saying this one Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. sitting down trying to plan out chapters. It's like, what do I want to really write about? And how quickly do I want to get it done? And what are my ideas without actually having to just sit down and write, just sit down and plan. And I think that's one part that, you know, people can take away from how you develop the software. I mean, you sat down for an hour 
for what is basically an awesome player. And I I had no idea it was as cool as it is until I started using it. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to sit down and, you know, like spend two or three hours just going through this and figuring out what do I want to do with this because it has so much potential to change the way you market on your site and how you deliver content and where you drive people to. Because not only can you use it to deliver your podcast and people can download, there's like three buttons in there that I can have go anywhere. Because that was one of the questions that I asked you. I'm like, well, can I do this? Because I'm doing this thing with Podbean. And I'm also doing a thing with Spreaker that's coming out soon. And it's like, well, can I send them directly to the link? So I could have an affiliate thing there. I could have an Mm. Amazon button there. I could do whatever I wanted to with those three buttons. And that's pretty amazing to have that built into a piece of software that costs like 47 bucks. Yeah. And one of my favorite features, and this I'm still excited about it, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to play with this or not, but it's basically making the listener experience a lot better. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, we call it the clickable timestamps. So, yeah, I saw that that was in there. I haven't yeah. messed around with it yet. Yeah, it's super easy. Like, for example, you have a, at the two-minute mark of this interview, for example, you can type in 2 colon zero zero, highlight it, press the little button on your WordPress toolbar, and then hit publish. And then the listener, when they're listening on your website... They can click that two zero zero, and the player will jump to the two minute mark right oh, away. Oh wow, that is cool! And then you can have as many as you want. You can have almost like bookmarks of the key takeaways from a podcast, from an episode, and somebody can navigate your site nice. and navigate the player automatically. And the beauty of this is, you know, a lot of people who are really listeners of your show will listen most likely on a podcast app, right? Yeah, typically on their iPhone or Android phone, but they might come to your site to you know re-listen to certain parts of it and but if you make that experience easier then they'll enjoy it a lot more they don't have to go sit there and like scroll across the progress bar and try to figure out where that one tidbit of information was that they wanted to re-listen to and it's a good way to get people back to your site and say hey listen we have a full breakdown of the episode you can jump to a specific time come to our site because you want them to visit your site Right. Yeah, that's really cool. And as you guys can tell, I'm geeking out about it because I like good tools. And when I find a tool that I'm like, oh, man, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. Just like when I was talking about Spreaker and the fact that you can embed the entire player and it actually looks pretty decent. I don't like it because it's more real estate in the post than I really want to use. So I was kind of looking for something else. And then I found this. I'm like, oh, well, I don't need to do that anymore because that's an extra step. <laughs> I yes. was trying to take steps out. And the problem with it is that it's an RSS feed. And RSS feeds update whenever they're on their cycle to update for whatever site you're pulling your RSS feed in for. So even though I publish it and it's out on Libsyn and the download is out there and I'm using my feed and it's available – It takes sometimes 24 hours before Spreaker updates because I'm not hosting on their site. Interesting. Okay. Same thing with Podbean. So it's like I can't embed that until after it's ready. So now I'm going back, and then I'm embedding it later. And now I've got to go back into the podcast, you know, into the post, and then edit it and throw in this embed code, which takes five minutes, but it's five more minutes that I'm spending doing something not related to my podcast or editing or writing or something else that's like a daily dollar activity that's actually going to bring in revenue. Exactly. I'm sitting there messing around with a podcast, which kind of brings me to this before we like wrap it up, because I don't want to take your entire evening talking about stuff. (laughs) How do you monetize to 
that point of transition? Because I think it's interesting. I'm in the IT field, you're software manager, so you understand the whole technical world. I understand it. And I get into this discussion a lot with other podcasters and entrepreneurs that are solo. Most of them are single and don't have families. So it's Mm -hmm. easier for them to make that transition. But when you've been in a technical field for 15, 20 years, making a salary that basically doubles what you're making so that you can just step away and it not really be a hit. Mm -hmm. How do you go about building up to make that transition? Because I think that will be an interesting conversation coming from you because you've got two successful plugins. Yeah, I mean, I basically managed to cut down to four days a week. But I'm still not quite at that phase to fully transition. And the thing with WordPress plugins that I'm trying to not figure out, but I'm trying to position myself is that, you know, WordPress plugins are great. They're probably on their own. You know, people don't pay a lot of money typically for WordPress plugins because a lot of them are free. True. So what I'm kind of working on now, this kind of got inspired by podcast movement, was kind of making Simple Podcast Press not just a player. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's your first piece to podcasting, but there's going to be some additional add-ons that you can get that will do specific functions, you know, way, way above and beyond what a podcast player will do. And not everybody will want them, but by having options to purchase additional add-ons, that kind of will help, A, provide value to people and not force me to raise the price of Simple Podcast Press. And you can buy the add-on if you want it, but the player itself, you just want the player, you're happy with it, it's $47. So in adding extra tools to build additional value, more automation tools is what I'm looking at, like maybe auto-publishing to different services like SoundCloud, for example, mm-hmm. and converting your podcast into videos. There's a lot of tools I'm experimenting with that could be driven by the simple podcast press, but you know there might be a monthly fee associated with it because you know we'll have our own servers doing audio to video conversions or uploading, stuff like that. So Right, that's interesting. Just building tools around it, but Simple Podcast Press to me is in a good place now and a good time and you know, starting to build its brand. So I don't want to create tools and call them something else. I want to make <laughs> right. them add on. Like, it took a while to get to yeah. get the name recognition there. And it's, you know, still, we've got a long way to go, but it's, you know, starting to get out there. The name is starting to get out there. So I want to build around that name and build products and add additional value, additional features, but at the same time, keep them tied to the Simple Podcast Press brand. Right. Have you thought about possibly developing an app that people can use and customize? Like I like smartphone app? Yeah, like a smartphone app. Yeah. Player, app, player, thing, mm. sort of. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't tinkered with it myself on a personal level. I haven't tinkered with apps too much. I was thinking about making like an app that will kind of get data out of Simple Podcast Press. Because one of the cool features of Simple Podcast Press is the worldwide iTunes reviews. Yeah, I like so that. It pulls that all in. So I'm thinking maybe I can make an app that will use Simple Podcast Press. And Simple Podcast Press off your site will feed the app all your worldwide iTunes reviews or maybe other data from your site. And so you can kind of have access to them without having to log into your site. Maybe something like that. I haven't flushed the whole idea out yet. But, (laughs) but, you know, I'm not thinking apps. I'm thinking more like web services. Yeah, HTML5 stuff. Yeah, like service stuff, like a video, converting your podcast into a video and pushing it to YouTube. Oh, my God, that would be so valuable. That kind of stuff, you know, all your whole history of podcast, not just going forward, like all your previous episodes. So we've tinkered with that idea before, and I was thinking of calling it a whole different service, but I said, no, let's keep it tied to Simple Podcast Press. 
So I guess, you know, I don't have, I don't, I haven't mapped out the full plan, like how to get to where I want to get to, but I know for sure Simple Podcast Press is kind of the brand name that I want to continue with and just keep building more tools, more automation tools for podcasters to save time. Right. I know. That's, that's amazing, man. Podcasting takes a lot of time from editing to, oh, to recording, to editing, to <laughs> uploading and to creating a page. It's all these steps. Right. right. So the more if we can automate. You know, the better it is. So that's that's what I like to do. I like to automate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoken like a true IT person. Yes. <laughs> Automation is the key to it everything. Is. It the is. The less it I is. have to do, the better. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so. and less prone to human error, right? Human right. mistakes, right? Right, because if I'm tired one day and it has happened, I might publish the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That has happened. <laughs> oh, yes, it has. But, you know, what's funny about that, what you just kind of went through is in this entrepreneurial journey that we're all going through, a lot of people that listen to the show are entrepreneurs, either just starting off or very seasoned or trying to figure out what their thing is. And people that I talk to all the time, they're, you know, a startup and they're new and they're trying to figure it out. And the whole transitioning from you know, full-time gig, your day job to the thing that you love. And actually what's funny is I call the thing that I do, the podcast and the speaking and the coaching. I'm like, that's my day job. That's my main uh-huh. job. And my yeah. other thing, that's my side job. That's what funds it. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's funny about it is, is that you've had some really good success. And I, I mean, a lot of people know who you are. The Simple Podcast player is very well known. At least I think it is because I've been hearing about it for a while, ever since you launched it. It just hadn't converted over for whatever reason. (laughs) But I've seen it on a lot of sites. And as I kept seeing it, I was like, well, you know what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I need to do that at some point in Mm -hmm. time. And for whatever reason, now was just the time to do it. But I think what it says is that it's a constant refining of your skills and your offerings and building out the one thing that you're going to do. And then you can add on the other things that you like to do to it. Because I think we get often get distracted with everything we want to do. And so we have a services page that has 15 different services on it (laughs) instead of, you know, one strong offering and then building value onto it. And I think you illustrate that so well in how you just described, you know, well, I'm thinking about this, but I'm not sure. And so I got to flesh that out some. And even though it's successful and, you know, we've got the solid foundation now, now I can start thinking about adding more value and not launching another product, but just adding it on this one and keeping it underneath the player. And I think that's a good thing. And it illustrates a maturity in where you are in your business and the decisions that you make and how you make those decisions that I think everybody can learn from. You don't necessarily need to do new things. You just can add on to the things that you're already doing and create more value. Yeah, and it's also, it becomes more clear to your potential customer. If you're like doing everything under the sun on your services page, so what are you really good at? Like, what's your focus? If you can do video editing and podcast editing, and you can coach me on how to write a book, and you can teach me how to launch a podcast, you can teach me how to do it. It's like, okay, so, okay. So how do you know all this stuff? You know? So right. like keeping it a little more focused, and then they can offer like complementary services to your core business. That's a good model to have. Exactly, exactly. Well, wow, you know, man, that's an awesome note to end it on. Where can people best find you online? Yeah, I hang out mostly on Facebook and Twitter. So, you know, Facebook.com slash Hanny Mora or Twitter.com slash Hanny Mora. Keeping it simple. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm lucky my name is a little bit unique, so yeah. you know, nobody will steal my name. <laughs> yeah, you, got, the, you got a Twitter couple handles. pages on Google about you, so you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My next goal is to get a centralized website just to kind of summarize all my activities because I've got a blog here and I've right. got video press and podcast press. And so I want to kind of consolidate that. But again, that's almost like a cosmetic thing, you know, focus on your goal, right? You want to grow your business, focus on that. There's a lot of things you could be doing. Just focus on what's important for your business right now. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. And what's funny about that is socialstrategypodcast.com. It is not a site. It just forwards over to my main site, com because I copied Lewis when he did the whole School of Greatness where he didn't have it going to just a site. And he had it like that forever. And I think it probably still is like that. And I'm like, well, you know what? There's no reason for me to build a separate site because now I got to maintain a separate site other than this. And I'm not going to waste the time doing it. I'm going to focus on content with the podcast, the coaching and the speaking, and it's all going to come from here. So that's just really good advice that you're giving for people doing that. I did want to ask you one thing because a couple new things popped up and I was wondering what you think about them before we go. Periscope, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with Periscope. Have you got on it yet? Yeah, I played around with it. I've done maybe three or four. Actually, I did the first one by accident. I didn't realize it. It notified people. All of a sudden I had some guy (laughs) message me on Facebook. Yeah, I saw your feet and your desk and i'm like i was sitting at my desk with my feet up i'm like okay lesson learned it goes live right away okay don't do that again that's awesome (laughs) but but next time i was you know i had more fun with that was in the car and then i had another one uh i think a friend's house i think i have two or three but Uh you know i'm still trying to figure that out yeah my first gut feeling is what software can I write to automate that? Right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm looking into that. Yeah, so I'm not fully heavily engaged in that yet. Well, but. you know, what's interesting about Periscope is that you record it and it saves down to your phone or your iPad. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what I've seen like Chris Ducker doing is uploading yeah. that video to YouTube. Yeah. Automating that, that would be awesome. Yeah. And Blab is the newest one that's... That uh, I just signed up yesterday just to check it out. Okay, keep yeah, so hearing about it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, <laughs> let's check it out. You know what I mean? So I'm, my ear is always open to that. And then Clamor. It's not that as new as Periscope. Have you guys right. played with Clamor? I have I've played actually, with Clamor. I had a call with the, one of the co-founders of Clamor. I met him at Podcast Movement. And we're talking about some interesting things to kind of integrate with some podcast press and Clamor where you can do cool things together. I don't want to reveal it just in case it never actually happened. But the idea is some pretty <laughs> cool ideas that they came right. up with and they approached me about integrating with the Simple Podcast Press. So well, That's something yeah. to look forward to because I like Clamor. I like the idea of it, that it's like a quick hit and it throws it in there. But one thing that I have noticed about it, it can be a little repetition from just a branding perspective. So you've got your podcast and depending on how your site looks, then you've got a Clamor with the exact same guest that's probably featured in your top post Ah, so something that would make it a little bit different or you know if it was integrated into simple podcast player (laughs) it'd be right there so you know that would be awesome yeah now we're looking at it (laughs) to see what possibilities are but it's cool how we met a podcast movement somebody introduced us i'm like oh hey i've heard of clamor and then we had a Skype call a week after we got back. So, yeah, a lot of cool tools out there. It's a very exciting time from a software perspective. A lot right. of different services and software is coming out. And just how things collaborate nicely. Like, I've been working with Appendipity guys, Appendipity Themes. Joey oh, yeah. Yeah, got to know him really well. He just released a simple podcast press theme. Oh, wow, for really? The player. So there's a lot of collaboration happening between 
different softwares, have podcast websites, you know, John Lee Dumas and right. Mark. I'm involved in that with the player being part of that as well. So I have a lot oh, of... Very cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a default player included with that service. So <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so it's great. Like, it's exciting times for podcasting, tool services. It'd be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years, kind of who sticks around and what software tools stick around and what kind of fades away. So. Right, exactly, exactly. You know what's funny about the whole thing with Blab is there's a service called Vocal. Okay. V-O-K-L-E. It's been around for, I think, four or five years. <laughs> Really? It does the exact same thing. No way. But never never took off. I don't know if it records at this point or if they're even still in business. The site's Uh. still out there, but you can do the multi-window chat thing with video. It can be just you. I think it does record. And you can even have a moderator that can bring Uh people in when they request it. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't taken off. I'm not sure why. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's interesting how that happens, right? It's like someone right. gets in the right place and says the right words, the right message, yeah. and you know it catches on. Someone has the same exact service, and their word doesn't spread. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. We could go on all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think we learned a lot from you. Just a straight-up business perspective of how you do it, how you make it, and some interesting tidbits and facts about the podcast player and how it came to be and just the whole nine, man. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I had a blast and thank you for having me on. No, man, we'll have to do it again soon because you got some good stuff happening. For sure. Anytime, <laughs> anytime. If you want to geek out, you know where to reach me. And right, I love talking right? podcasting, <laughs> software, tools, you name it. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Like I said, that started differently, right? But it was so much fun. I had so much fun talking to Hanny. And you know what? There is so much information in this episode. I think it was interesting how Hanny was able to pretty much do some stuff for free for Sean Malarkey. And if you guys don't know, Sean Malarkey uh, has a course called Linked Influence. He has a bunch of other products out there. Really, really good guy uh, and a very successful internet marketer and Sean had teamed up with Lewis Howes on that linked influence course and they've done a ton of stuff and it is a really great product I think it's only about 97 bucks so if you guys want to go pick it out I definitely definitely recommend it even though I'm an affiliate of it uh, I'm probably not even going to put the affiliate link in the episode but what I did want you guys to know is that just by giving of himself and being the first one to react to a post from someone that was influential was like, hey, I can help you with that and I'm not going to charge you a thing to do it. That opened up the doors to so many opportunities. And now, because he was willing to volunteer, work hard for someone that pretty much was able to mentor him on the marketing end, he was able to, Hanny, launch Simple Podcast Press. It's an amazing story. And that's just part of it. I mean, you know, being a software engineer and doing his own thing and solving his own problems. Oftentimes when we as entrepreneurs are looking at something, we're looking to solve our own problems. And if you can really find a problem, not chasing the money, but chasing the solution to a problem, you can get so much further with your projects and actually do things that make an impact. So chase those solutions. Look for how to solve the like the most common problems, especially the ones that you're running into 
in whatever niche it is that you're doing. Everything in this episode is timestamped thanks to my wonderful VA that goes through and listens to the episodes and picks out points that she thinks that I should timestamp. I go through them, read them, and if I agree, I put them in. If I don't, I don't, but I think it is an amazing little feature. And because I switched over to Simple Podcast Press, I can now just timestamp an episode. It'll be a little blue link in the show notes, and you can click right to it jump right to that time in the interview. I know it's not that big a deal and a lot of other podcasts do it, but I am super excited about it. So, so there. Anyway, there are a couple things I wanted to talk to you guys about. There's some exciting stuff going on. I have a shirt sponsor. I believe I touched on it briefly in the last episode, but Crown Taylor, they're out of Singapore, has sponsored me as a clothing sponsor. As some of you guys know, I do some speaking gigs and some engagements and stuff like that quite a bit of video, and I'm going to be doing some photo shoots. Well, Crown Taylor follows me on social media, particularly on Instagram, and they saw my Bowtie Thursday post. Well, they were very interested in the fact that I'm doing this Bowtie Thursday thing, and so they wanted to get in on it with, you know, just a few conversations and a couple emails, and now, you know, I need to go to a, um, a seamstress or a tailor and get measured out so I can send them my measurements. We're going to start off our sponsorship and for those of you who don't know, I do quite a bit of sponsorship marketing. We're starting off with something that's called in kind. And so what they're going to do is they're going to send me product. I'll promote the product. We'll see how much traffic we can actually drive and interest we can drive from that product. I'll be wearing that product on stage. I'll be wearing that product in videos. So they're going to send me a couple shirts. I'll be showing those off on the podcast, um, in some pictures, on Instagram, on Bowtie Thursdays. And we'll see where it goes from there. From there, we're probably talking about a full clothing line sponsorship, and we may actually be partnering to come out with my own line of bow ties for Bowtie Thursday. So that is really exciting. That's something that I'm just thrilled about. Also, by the time this episode airs, there will be a post from me on Spreaker talking about how to use one of the really neat features in Spreaker to get your podcast episodes out in front of an audience on LinkedIn. It's really powerful and it can have a huge impact. It means so much more for downloads on your podcast and really getting the word out there. I'll have the entire post out on Spreaker. It should be going live tomorrow as well. So by the time this episode airs, that blog post will be out there. So I was really excited to be featured as a guest poster on the Spreaker website. Other than that, guys, of course, as always, you know, you can go out to the Social Strategy Academy, socialstrategyacademy.com. There are a bunch of courses out there that you can take, and we may be changing it a little bit. So let me know what you guys think about the courses that are currently out there, socialstrategyacademy.com. That is partially one of the sponsors for this show. And as you guys know, I also do some stuff with Spreaker. So if you want to try Spreaker out, you can try 30 days, any account, and that's any account, any of the pro accounts, 100% for free. So there is a broadcaster account. There's a radio station account that's $119 a month. You can get that one and you can get it for free for 30 days just by going out to the site and clicking on the banner. Or if you go out to the Spreaker website, if you're already on there, you want to do it from your phone, just type in Vernon, my first name, V-E-R-N-O-N, and you're going to get the promo code, the coupon code. It'll automatically apply when you enter in and you go to the um, pricing section and you just hit hit on the uh, left-hand side, enter promo code, enter the name Vernon, 
and it's going to zero out everything. And you can sign up for a 30 day free trial of any one of the accounts that can save you either $19, $50 or $119 for that first month. Pretty amazing deal that I was able to get from Spreaker. So I'm really happy about that. Other than that, guys, I want to go ahead and get out of here. Remember, you can contact me at Ross PR on Twitter, on Blab, on Instagram, everywhere else but Facebook. On Facebook, I'm Vern Ross. So search for my name on Facebook, but everywhere else, I am at Ross PR. Looking forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. And remember, keep sending me your emails as he's the only way I know what you guys want. And by all means, sign up for the email list. And by the way, by the way, if you leave a review on iTunes, email me. Make sure to get on the email list because if you leave a review on iTunes and you email me, I'm going to be sending you something special. So every person that leaves a review and then turns around and emails me that review. Once it is up there and approved, you're going to be entered into a chance to win something very special each and every time an episode airs. I'm going to find out who left a review. And since I just started, I don't have anyone for this episode, but I'm going to find out, wait until I get that email reply, and then we'll announce who it is or what they're actually winning on the episode. So really, really thrilled that you guys tuned in. I had a great time on this on this particular episode. And by all means, if you are interested in fitness and if you don't have time to eat and don't have time for proper nutrition, check out the last episode, episode 58. You can just go out to vernonross.com. I'm sorry, episode 60, <laughs> vernonross.com forward slash EP60, EP60. And you can check out Greg Zufalato's. Actually, episode 58 was Shola Abidoy, and that was an amazing episode as well. You want to learn about digital nomad, uh, small equity investing, and the whole startup thing? Shola is the interview to listen to. It was amazing. I know, guys, this is a long outro, but since I didn't do an intro, I got a little bit of extra time, so I wanted to throw some really valuable stuff in there. As always, I really do appreciate you guys. I hope that this episode has served you, delivered you a ton of value, and if it has, let me know. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.